what we're doing right now at, at Grace here is we're walking through a big overview of who we are. Jose just talked about the intro to Grace classes that are coming up, and that's going to be more of a deep dive into kind of pulling back the curtain of who we are as a church here at Grace. And, and these, these last three weeks here... Um, we're just walking through again, the big picture God has, has grown this, this church and it's exciting to see what God is doing here at grace community church and through you into the community and reaching and impacting lives. And so we, as we've continued to grow, we realize we want to make sure we're all aligned and heading in the same direction. The last couple of weeks, we unpacked our vision. We're all about Jesus Christ here at grace community church. All about Jesus and being his disciples or followers of Jesus and then making disciples of Jesus. Hence, our our vision statement is uh, knowing Christ, becoming like him and making Christ known. This guides us in all that we do. It's the heartbeat, the fire, because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. And he's good. Amen. Amen. Today, we, uh, uh, we begin talking about our core values at Grace Community Church. Right? Uh, it's going to be part one today of our core values. Uh, and next week, we'll get into the second half here of our core values. The first half, for those of you, you may even have like a bulletin. If you look on our website, uh, the first half of our core values are loving God, God's word, and authentic community. These core values serve the function as like a like guardrails. Uh, have any of you driven around in the mountains? You can go back a slide, please. Thank you. If you've driven in the mountains, we've got these bad boys here on the side, and uh, they don't look as nice as these oftentimes because they've been used, right? They've been used in the sense that, that their very purpose is to keep us off the road because if we get off the path, it's danger. Jane and I, when in our travels this summer, we were driving throughout Colorado and we got into some back roads and evidently in the back roads, they don't have as much money and, uh, in order to have guardrails. And let me tell you that the anxiety in me as I'm driving and I'm on that outside lane and on the edge and there's something inside you that's kind of tempting, like you want to look, but then there's the other part of you that's like, don't you dare look. Because you're going to like drive where you're looking and you're going to end up over there somewhere. There was no guardrails. Man, that felt insecure. Very insecure. We need these guardrails in order to keep us on the path of pursuing Christ and becoming like him. I've got various scriptures here that we're going to unpack as we look at each of these core values. Again, today's not a, quite a typical sermon uh, that you might experience here at Grace or that you're used to here at Grace because we're kind of doing some overview. So, so we're not going to be necessarily di- digging super deep, uh, but I, I believe God has uh, a word here for you. We're going to be in Deuteronomy to begin with, and then in 2 Timothy, and then the book of Colossians. But we'll start off with Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you have a Bible or Bible app, I'm going to go ahead and pray and just seek the Lord for his work in us this morning while you're turning there. You join me in, in prayer. Holy Spirit, we pause and we, we come to you at this time. 
Lord, because we don't want to just go through the motions here this morning. Lord, as, as we've set out, as we've established, Jesus, we want you. We want to know you. That is our greatest need, you. You set us free from religion, from the emptiness of rituals and principles, right and wrong, things that we do merely, merely in order to justify ourselves, things that may inflate our sense of goodness, morality, things that maybe even promote just shame in our lives, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, we want you this morning. Open our hearts and our minds. Lord, this, that we might encounter you. Lord, that you might use your word to shape us to becoming like you. Lord Jesus, that our church family here would display you to the world. In your name we pray. Amen. This first core value that we're going to be walking through here this morning I mentioned is loving God. We make loving God our ultimate focus of everything we say and do. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this. Now this is the commandment. The statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. That you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God. You and your sons and your sons' sons. By keeping all his statutes, his commands, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear or listen, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, listen. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I command you today shall be on your heart. What's going on here? This goes way thousands of years back here. Let's get some context. What Moses is unpacking here for the Israelites, even though they've been given a list of commands here by God, the Ten Commandments, in, in fact, that many of us are, are very familiar with, th- things uh, like there should be a, no other God before you, or don't take the Lord's name in vain, or you should not steal, or murder, or commit adultery, these kinds of things. And he's, and he's preparing them as they're beginning to step into this land that God had prepared for them in order that this nation, God had chose to set apart a specific nation in order that this people would be a display for all people of the one true God. As you heard in the first half of these verses, you hear command, 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 do these statutes, command. And it can kind of sound like or feel like a lot of things we may have heard, which we might call religion. But God reframes things here and puts it in in, in ultimate context. In verses 4 and 5, he says, listen, the Lord your God, he's the only God. He's the only one. You shall love him. 
shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. <clears throat> as we approach this core value, as we're unpacking this this morning, it's important that we understand that loving God keeps us pursuing a relationship and not reducing Christianity, not reducing this truth to empty religion. Religion that strangles us. Religion that shames us. Religion that does nothing for us. God, in these verses, as he communicates to the people of Israel, is explaining the heartbeat of all of this. I've given you instructions of how to live because as your father... I understand what's best for you. This relationship that we have starts with my love for you. I chose you. I set you apart. I pulled you out of all the other nations and people of the world to save you because I love you. Jesus, God is always first. He always initiates with us and he initiates through love. Our response to God then is a response to his love, is love itself. This is why God summarizes all that he's teaching to his peoples. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus, thousands of years later, when, 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 when God the Son would take on human flesh to reveal, to show us God himself, to, to save us, he summarized all of Christianity, he summarized all of God's teaching, the Old Testament, in two words, in two phrases, if you will. Love God, love others, love. This is all about relationship. Here at Grace Community Church, the reason why we talk about this loving God and making this such an important guardrail is because of our tendency to reduce Christianity, reduce a relationship with God as to, as to some kind of transaction. If I follow these rules, if I go through these rituals, then God's going to give me something. Then I'm entitled to something for God. Jesus had to address this because this is the human tendency to take something that's so good, so real, so powerful, but to bring it into something we can control, to corrupt it and make it meaningless, worthless, even deadly, dare I say. Jesus explained to the Pharisees, these were the religious leaders at his time, 2,000 years ago. He says, woe to you Pharisees. You tithe your mint your rue, and every herb, meaning that, that you get it down to all the details. You make sure every little thing you're doing is just right, but you neglect justice. You neglect the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. God says, let these words that I command you be on your heart. What God has initiated with us, He created us. And what He wants for us is this heartbeat of a relationship. He is a personal being. 
He's not a vending machine in which we put in our good works, in which we put in our rituals, in which we put in uh, uh, a showing up and, and the church and, and the Bible. These things, he's not some vending machine where we put our money in and we get something back. No, it already starts it's so much better. He gave when we don't deserve it. You see what a relationship looks like. A relationship. And some of you, I'm going to be honest, some of you, you don't even know what that is. You've never experienced that. Not in a church, but not even in your whole life. You've been shamed. You've been in a place of guilt. And, 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 and it's all about uh, what you've done wrong. And, and, and you've got these messages running through your mind. And you just can't even get away from that, ever. You don't know what a relationship's like. It's all about, well, if I manipulate things just enough, I'm going to get something from uh, uh, my friends or my spouse or my coworkers. Like it, all, everything's transactional in your world. You don't know what a relationship is. My hope is this morning that maybe you encounter the love of Jesus Christ and step towards freedom. A relationship asks, how can I show you love? It comes from a place of stepping towards, I care about you, I want to give to you. Not because I'm going to get from you, because I care for you. This, this is radical when we think of a relationship with God. It's not because I want to get something from Him, but a response like, Lord, I love you, I care about you, I want to honor you. What, what if you went through the day? Became, Lord, I just, want to, I just want to bless you today, Lord. Isn't that a different kind of approach? That's crazy. Rather than, Lord, I need you, give me, I need, can you help my day? Like, be my caffeine. I need a whole lot of Jesus and a little bit of caffeine. I need help, Jesus, get me through this day. We think of all the things we need. And how, like, do I, do I, what do I have to do to get that? No, love. Love has a concern about the other. Love is, comes from a place of a choice. Right? I'm getting ready to do one, uh, 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 a wedding here this, this coming weekend. And you don't hear in the vows that uh, I pledge my life to you because I have to. That's a rough way to start. <laughs> Some of you may feel that way now, which is why you're going to go to the marriage study, right? <laughs> no. It, it, love is I choose. I choose you. I choose to give to you. I choose to honor you and respect you. I choose. That's love. Some of you need to hear this. God doesn't need anything from you. He wants you. He doesn't need anything from you. He wants you. And he wants to set you free. He wants you to experience what it means to be loved. Love comes from a place of freedom. I choose to follow you. Freedom to obey. Obey is a four-letter word, and we feel like it sometimes. It's a naughty word. Like, no, you don't tell me to obey. You know, there's a sense of this freedom. I choose. I trust you. You're good. You're God. I trust you. Therefore, I surrender to you. 
I submit to you. I realize you have good intentions for me. I don't always understand. And nor do I agree. Let's be honest. Right? I trust you. I choose to obey. Relationship has conviction versus shame. A lot of us know shame in relationships like I suck. I'm worthless. I've done wrong. I'm the bad person. Whereas, whereas in, in, in a relationship with God, what God does, he, he, he convicts us. When we love somebody, when we have broken that relationship with them, there's a sense of conviction. I've hurt somebody I care about. I've not honored somebody I care about. And there's something that happens inside me that checks me, that, that, that causes me discomfort. And this is godly guilt versus satanic shame. Shame is all about me. You suck. You're worthless. You look at what you did. Look at you. But Jesus, in loving relationship with him, just like a good friendship or, 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 or marriage, there's this care that we have. And when, it's, when we dishonor, when we disrespect, when it's broken, there's, there's a, a brokenness inside of us. We feel it. And we want to step towards that person. Shame, what does shame do? We distance, right? We'll cut off the relationship. You've harmed me. You've hurt me. Or I, I have let you down. I can't. I don't measure up. So I don't show up. We feel that shame, right? We've been shamed. That's not how God loves you and relates to you. God, in a loving relationship, an authentic, real relationship, that conviction leads us to step towards. That conviction leads us to confess, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Some of you have never experienced that. Some of you have never heard, I'm sorry, from those who've harmed you. And I want to say, I'm sorry that you've never experienced that. That's wrong. Conviction, authenticity, a loving relationship has authenticity. It doesn't mean like, oh, we put on this happy face all the time. Like, God is good. Yes, he is. But that doesn't mean our circumstances are good. That doesn't mean like we're in a good place. And he gives us his word with these raw and authentic conversations with God. And the Psalms are called lament. And it's throughout even the prophets, just wrestling with God. And this loving relationship gives us freedom to ask questions. How is this? Why is this? I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense, God. Or I'm angry with you, God. Love creates the space for that. And it's in love that we step towards him and trust that we can do that rather than retreating and looking to other sources to medicate our, our, our pain or suffering or, or to make sense of things for us. No, God wants you to have that safe place to wrestle, to struggle, to grieve, to even question at times. We were made for relationship. We're made to love. And we only understand that in loving relationship with God. A loving relationship keeps us alive. 